Mike check. Mike check one two one two. It's a taste to consider podcast. I'm your host, Derek Silver. The taste on the weekend, like usual. of a taste to consider podcast. Like Back Niggas for another episode. Another week is ended. Another week is getting ready to begin. I'm feeling good. I'm in pre-gaming a little bit, so I'm feeling good. I hope you're ready for another episode. Bitch, this is fame, not clout. I don't even know what that's about. Watch your mouth. Baby got an ego It's a taste to consider podcast. It is what it is. Said what I had to and did what I did. Never turn my back on FBG, God forbid. Virgil got a paddock on my wrist, doing front flips. Giving you my number, but don't hit me on no dumb shit. Working on a weekend like usual. Taste to consider podcast. Let's go. Taste sticking to the podcast. Cause you ain't never had a friend like me. Let me turn this up a little bit. I watch the sky. I take another breath. I smoke my new boy to the butt like it's the last motherfucker left. Just me and you evading enemies. Let you get my last shot of Hennessy. Ain't never had a friend like me. Say sticking to the podcast. Let's go. Who cannot call when they all fail? Collect calls to my dogs from the county jail. Sending me mail. Heard the blocks in the same shape. Ain't nothing changed, niggas slanging at the same place The same face is supposed to always hate our foes This lifestyle is forever, watch the game unfold Just pop Never had a friend like me, Tupac, let's go Damn with you to the very end Cause you ain't never had a friend like me I'm down for you so ride with me My enemies your enemies Cause you ain't never had a friend like me Nobody knows where we'll be My enemies your enemies Cause you ain't never had a friend like me I'm down for you so ride with me My enemies your enemies Cause you ain't never had a podcast. Nobody knows where we'll be My enemies your enemies Cause you ain't never had a friend like me How can I be blamed? Forgive me lord I'm insane In search of fame won't hurt Change, following the footsteps of past dealers Equipped with ski masks, no witnesses, we blast squillers Maybe now they feel us in this act of war More casualties, no survivors Any man that defies quickly dies Cause we got us in my quest for chips We wear vests equipped with automatic fire We were Taste five to consider podcast I'm feeling good right now How much more can we take? Expect us all to break the world ain't ready for us yet So let's make Clinton pay They never wanted us to make I think the president is smoking weed, bumping this beat, making a living out my misery. So they got a friend like me. I'm down for you, so ride with me. My enemies, your enemies. Cause you ain't never had a friend like me. Nobody knows where we'll be. My enemies, your enemies. Cause you ain't never had a friend like me. I'm down for you, so ride with me. My enemies, your enemies. Cause you ain't never had a friend like me. Nobody knows where we'll be. My enemies, your enemies. Cause you ain't never had a friend like me. Taste to consider podcast. We back for another episode. It's your boy, Derek Silver. Back for another episode. Taste to consider podcast. Oh, I'm feeling so good right now. Let me turn this TV off so I don't get distracted. Uh, 
Taste to Consider Podcast back for another episode. Yes, indeed. I've been pre-gaming, so feeling, excuse me, dang, first burp already. Damn, burp number two. Is that because I've been pre-gaming heavy or I don't know. I don't know. Let me start out with what I'm smoking tonight. This is a Monte Monte Crisco Platinum Series Rothschild cigar. I picked this up today. Um, it's a good price. Um, I was about to say it's a good price on it. I'm looking at the price <laughs> while, I'm, while I'm talking. That just popped in my head. Um, it's a good cigar. Got a good taste to it. Good pull. Um, what am I drinking on tonight? Uh, let me pull this bottle up. Um, I'm keeping it light tonight. Well, uh, sort of light tonight. Overall light. Uh, I'm drinking some wine tonight. Uh, this is uh, a Pocket Inferno uh, wine. It's a red wine, red blend. It said it says on the bottle is is aged in whiskey barrels for 60 days. Bold, dark fruit, maple, and spice. It definitely has a spice to it. Um I picked it up tonight because I I I didn't really want to drink heavy tonight. Uh so I just decided to pick up some wine. I was gonna go to my go-to wine. Um, but I was walking around the liquor store um, and saw this one and, you know, it caught my eye because it said it was aged in whiskey barrels. So, you know, I'm always drinking whiskey on the podcast. Uh, so I I grabbed it. Um, I did take a shot of whiskey before I started drinking the wine. I took a shot of Maker's Mark. I have another shot sitting on the table in front of me. <laughs> and I'm sitting here trying to decide whether I'm going to take, <laughs> take this second shot in that. Because I've already been sipping the wine. Um, I'm going to leave it there for now. I'm going to at least let let, <laughs> let myself get the show started first. Um, as I've stated on the podcast plenty of times, I, I usually have a, a high tolerance because I drink a lot of water from working out and stuff like that. So it usually just, you know, I'm, I'm going to the bathroom constantly. So I usually, it's really difficult for me to get drunk. I'll get a buzz definitely, but it doesn't last long. It it takes a lot for me to get drunk. Um, so, but today I didn't really eat anything. I only had like a banana, a couple of bananas, and some cereal, um, some raisin bran cereal. I, I've been trying to keep my eating light as well because the older I've been getting, um, I don't be as hungry as I usually do. And when I do, when I am hungry, you know, it's never really like a big meal. Um, and, and then when I get something like this heavy, like a burger or something like that, that don't usually takes me out. Like I'll be sleep like 30 minutes after I eat that meal or either I'll feel sick after, you know, finishing it. And I'm, I'm not sure if I mentioned this on the podcast before, but I've been contemplating over the years about whether I was going to go vegan and stuff like that, but I just never made that jump. You know, I've tried, I've tried it on, on, 
several occasions, like maybe for a couple of days or a week or something like that, but it never really stuck with me. So, yeah. Um, back for another episode, episode 16 of season three. And let me mention this because I forgot to mention this shit last week. And I can't believe I forgot to mention it. But last week was uh, the two-year anniversary of the podcast. Yes, the two-year anniversary of the podcast was last week. Crazy. I didn't line it up. It just happened that way. But I was going to mention it, but I just straight forgot. I had to make sure that I wrote it down uh, this week on my outline. So, yeah, last week was the... um, two-year anniversary of a taste to consider podcast i started i had my first episode which was the first just a taste uh season one of a taste to consider podcast and man um we're in season three now um i have come a long way just thinking about i didn't i didn't even go back and listen to like some of the first episodes but like the episodes were fine but me just thinking (laughs) me going back and thinking about how I used to start the podcast off like in the beginning of (laughs) of a taste to consider podcast I used to start the podcast off with uh, a mate an intro of two scenes from the matrix (laughs) and um just thinking about it you know got me laughing but you know you evolve and I have the podcast has definitely evolved and I'm sure will continue to evolve as you know as long as I I continue to record. And that's always been a thing with me, you know, um I've always been going back and forth with if I'm, you know, times I would just be like, man, fuck the podcast. I don't, you know, cuz I be getting caught up into uh social media standards of, you know, people not liking when I post episodes and stuff like that, but knowing people see it, but then getting feedback from people listening to the podcast and stuff like that, that that haven't been liking posts and stuff, and then getting DMs or messages from people saying they enjoyed the podcast, and I'm like, damn, I wouldn't even have thought that you was listening. So it's all, I'm a, I'm still just like everybody else, I'm still a work in progress, and that's my work in progress with, you know, always thinking the worst than things and beating myself up and stuff like that. So, yeah. We here year two, two years in a week of a taste to consider podcast. Um, I feel good. I'm grateful for the podcast. It allows me to be vulnerable, allows me to talk about things that I think about all the time, um, allows me to uh, have a voice, um, to build my voice, to build my confidence, uh, work on my throat chakra, all that good stuff, you know, just all the chakras, all the the uh moon sun planets quasars all that <laughs> all that good stuff you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um yeah it's definitely been a good thing for me to do the podcast um i've talked about it before about you know i went to college for communications and my concentration was broadcast um broadcasting and stuff so i always wanted to be on the radio so the beautiful thing about the times that we live in now that, you know, I don't have to work for a radio station to actually have a show. This is my show right here, my podcast, and um, I'm able to do uh, a lot of things uh, with it. And a lot of things have evolved from it, and I've I worked off of 
the podcast to do things. Um, just like with uh, taste to consider dot com, we're having the the uh, merchandise that I have up now uh, that aligns also with my blog, greatestiamblog.com, Instagram, greatest.i.am.blog, also on Instagram, a taste to consider. So, you see, everything lined up together, everything is evolving together, is blooming together. I was able to segue into <laughs> marketing everything together. So, you know, everything is just been a progression it's been a progression for you know for me internally just to to work on myself uh as i've already stated my confidence and stuff like that and um not worrying about what people think about the things that i post or the 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 things the, the new ventures that i have or the things that i write about or the things i speak about you know ultimately you know even though at times I focus too much on the external things that's attached to or that I perceive that's attached to the podcast, the blog, um, the online store, and just me as a person, you know, um, it's more so about, you know, the beautiful thing is when I actually sit down and ground myself that everything is really Everything that's happening is really about me building myself up and coming to coming into my own, you know, building my confidence, being comfortable with myself, being comfortable with my voice and stuff like that. So it's a beautiful thing for me. And I do um, forget about it at times because I'm, I focus too much on the external. But, you know, just to have this moment right now and just to reflect and be self-aware about things, you know, all this stuff is really about the internal, what's going on with me, the things that I've grown from, the things that I've healed from, the things that I continue to grow from and heal from and evolve from. You know, all everything in life is about progression. Healing is not linear. Growth is not linear. You know, you'll be growing, evolving, healing for the rest of your life. Um, so definitely a beautiful thing i'm grateful for all of this even though you know like i said at times um i focus too much on on the external and me keep saying that is another thing that i have to work on i have to stop focusing on <laughs> the 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 i the negative aspects of things and just you know celebrate myself and you know keep it moving um so Let's get into the episode. Let me just go ahead and start it. Let me pull it up. Ah, let me pull the intro up. This, um, If you haven't been paying attention, usually my intro has been um, a glass with ice cubes in it and a lighter. Um, that's what I initially um, started with, along with the other intros that I've pieced in there over the over the two years, but um, shout out to to John, John, oh King Johnny, King Johnny from a separate the two podcasts. Him and uh, G Deck, um, I asked him to help me out with amplifying the the intro a little bit, and he's also working on a um another intro for me because I just didn't feel like doing it. <laughs> and that's the great thing about having you know uh. 
people in your circle and stuff like that 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 don't mind doing things for you. So shout out to John for amplifying the ice and the lighter. So let's start the show. It's a taste to consider podcast. I'm your host, Dirk Silver. And we back, back for another episode. I'm the taste of a taste to consider podcast. Shout out to the UNU Network where it all began. Unproductive and unapologetic. We have the Unprocessed Knowledge podcast. We have Separate the Two podcast. We have Three Stars, Two Bars podcast. We have my podcast. And we have the newest podcast that debuted. I said debuted. (laughs) That just had their first episode this Friday, their debut. Um, I've I've been struggling with um I've been actually practicing uh how I've been practicing the title of this new podcast because I've just I've honestly been messing it up. So it's uh um Code Shame. I'm sorry. I'm I'm so sorry that I'm messing it up, but I and I've been trying to practice with this jump, but I'm going I'm pulling it up right now because I had it ready just in case if I messed up the um the title of it of the podcast. Let me pull it up. Uh, damn, I had it right there, dude. Oh, this shit right here. I had that joint ready and up. All right, let me let me get it up. Uh, let me see. All right, this is a uh, an original member from the unproductive and unapologetic podcast. My man Lo, he got his new podcast. You can follow him on Twitter and um, Instagram, and he's on all podcast platforms. All of us on the same one, and make sure you go follow. Uh, you and A N D U underscore network on Instagram. And the link in the bio has all of our podcasts on it. And this pod, his podcast is entitled Codashim Podcast. And he just uh debuted Friday debut Friday um on all podcast platforms. So make sure you check that that uh podcast out check out all the podcasts and there's plenty of episodes still up for unproductive and unapologetic podcasts that will entertain the hell out of you and we will be coming back soon um getting all together to have a, a episode but make sure you uh follow the network once again the network is u a n d u underscore network on instagram and then the uh, the link is in the bio, the link tree for all of the podcasts, all of them. And you can actually um, go to a Taste to Consider podcast. My link tree is there, and I have um, the UNU Network link tree linked on mine as well. So a Taste to Consider podcast, UNU Network, three stars, two bars, separate the two, unprocessed knowledge, code machine. Um, and we have another one coming soon as well. So just be on the lookout for 
you and you network and all the things that we doing, we got something for everybody. So make sure y'all go support each and every podcast. So I'm still sitting in this damn basement with no AC. Still, still no AC. <laughs> still, still no AC. Um, luckily, um, the temperature has gone down. Um since the past couple of episodes that I've done, it is today is in the seventies. It is not in the nineties, so it's still to me it's still warm. But I'm just a, I'm a person that I get hot easily, so I sweat and all that other stuff. So to me, it's still kind of warm. But my new AC system, the. Uh, the outside unit and the inside unit was supposed to be installed this Friday, but we got rain, so they had to reschedule it. So it was rescheduled for Tuesday. So <laughs> it's definitely more comfortable in here today than it was the past couple of episodes. And I was just sitting here thinking while I was pregame, and I was like, damn, I was sitting up here in this basement looking like um, Terrence Howard off of um, <laughs> what's the damn movie? Uh, with Taraji and them, I was sitting up here in the basement like that, sweating, looking all sweaty and stuff, got the fans going, had to hit the fans before it was time to record, man, I was just just going through it, but I I got through it, just like I get through everything else, so, you know, um, it was a lesson in it, not surprising that it, it happened during Mercury Retrograde, because I've had other situations with my home with getting stuff done and dealing with the home warranty that was similar to this. So it shouldn't have been a shock to me that something like this would have happened. And, you know, it was just another lesson for me to to see where I'm at. So, you know, I grew a little bit, but I still got some more growing to do when it comes to having patience and and not being in control of a situation. (laughs) So Tuesday, you know, Next Saturday, by the time I record, you know, I'm I'm going to say it. I will have a new AC unit courtesy of my home warranty, and I will be more comfortable and not sitting up in here musty and feeling dusty. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to start off the show with a new – I'm calling this a new segment. I've done this stuff pr- before, but I'm calling it a segment as opposed to just outlining the the separate topics because of me being shadow banned, and that was the reason why I was being shadow banned, talking about the blackety-black stuff and the woke stuff, the conspiracy theory stuff. So this new segment is the blackety-black slash woke segment. <laughs> um. Uh, let me, uh, pull up the things in this segment. Because just by, you know, posting, you know, uh, the shows and posting, uh, the topic list and stuff like that, that stuff been being flagged off of social media. So let me pull up the, the things that I was talking about. Uh, so we've. I've talked about this shit plenty of times before. Blackity black stuff, us getting killed, the vaccine stuff, all that. So this is the blackity black slash woke segment. And these are just some stories that I thought was interesting that I was going to bring up. 
no judgment, anything like that, you know, um, just things that I thought was interesting that I want to bring up. So this first one is, I saw this on Twitter. It was breaking news. Passengers on a first fully vaccinated North American cruise test positive for COVID. I'm going to read that again. Passengers on the first fully vaccinated North American cruise test positive for COVID. Let me spark up my uh, <laughs> cigar real quick while y'all take that in. <laughs> oh, man. Let me take a puff. I had to spark the cigar back up. I let it sit for too long. All right, I got the cigar going <laughs> back up. So um, let me read this once again. Passengers on the first fully vaccinated North American cruise test positive for COVID. And it's not, I'm not laughing to be, you know, <laughs> messy. I'm just, I just find this ironic. Not just, you know, not because, not in di- not directly towards people who have gotten vaccinated. Because as you know, I talked about on here, my parents got vaccinated, my brother got vaccinated, my sister-in-law got vaccinated. So I have people that I very much love and care about that gotten vaccinated. But I guess the the laughing is directed toward all the people who be pushing this pushing certain narratives out there. And I don't even want to go into the narratives because it's just too much. But yeah. If if you if you know, you know. It's just as simple as that. So that's what the laughing is directed towards. Passengers on the first fully vaccinated North American cruise test positive for COVID. It's a sad thing. Sad thing. Um, another story that was broke. CDC to hold an emergency meeting on higher than expected cases of heart inflammation following COVID-19 vaccination. And you don't hear me laughing at all because for the people pushing narratives, for the people that I love that got the vaccine, the people I care about, that's no laughing matter. It's not. It's not a laughing matter. So I've talked about... um, before about how, you know, the reason why I wasn't getting the vaccine and history of black people being experimented on and the, the stuff that we've gone through and how the, the medical community in general discriminates against black Americans and stuff like that. So I just hope that everybody who's dealing with anything that is nothing serious, you know. Um, So crazy times we in right now, crazy times all over. And, you know, just speaking of all the, the vaccine stuff, Dr. Anthony Fauci, he was releasing a book and it was scrubbed from uh, Amazon and Barnes and Noble and stuff like that because he had some leaked emails that came out a few weeks ago. Um, 
alleging that he profited from the coronavirus pandemic. And there's been other stuff that's been coming out as far as um, where the vaccine originated from in China and how um, the vaccine was created and stuff like that. And another story that has been popping up for a while um, has been about women how women have been reacting to the vaccine, their, how their bodies have been reacting to it, their cycles and stuff like that. And there was an article that I came across. I've came across plenty of articles, um, unfortunately, about women's health with um, this vaccine. But this one in particular says uh, 920 women lose their unborn babies after getting vaccinated. And this article was in the U.K., um, and the the website that it can be found on is uh, www.openvares.com, V-A-E-R-S, fairs.com. Um, yeah, this is an unfortunate situation because um, I hear all the time about, you know, how difficult it can be for some women to, you know, get pregnant and have children and stuff like that. And for them to have to go through something like this because they thought that they were protecting their, their health as well as their child's health. And then to, you know, have stories come out like this to be linked to the vaccine and stuff like that. So it's definitely an unfortunate thing. And it says the info is very easy to access in this and is confirmed by the CDC since the CDC uses VAERS data. And, um, you know, you can Google this stuff. It's, 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 up, it's out there, you know. Um, it's not something that I've found on some crazy conspiracy theorist web, website or page or something like that. You know, this, this is stuff that's actually out there. It's unfortunate, definitely unfortunate. And then, you know, stuff that I didn't get to talk about because um, I was just taking a break from this stuff when I was doing the uh, Trigger Warning series. Um, all four parts are out there if you haven't heard them, Trigger Warning. And the Trigger Warning was just solely based on relationships and stuff like that. Um, there's been a lot of push for the vaccine by giving incentives, lotteries, uh, recently, I saw people was give, uh Washington State was giving out joints if you get the vaccine. They was, I've seen other states giving out donuts, free burgers, stuff like that. You know, this is just interesting to see this push to get this this vaccine and stuff. And they don't do this push for other forms of of health that that are very serious to individuals as well as population um so things to make you go hmm so yeah and then the most interesting thing since the streets have been opening back up has been uh vaccination segregation and that's definitely been a big thing that's been going on i've seen uh places in new york la and stuff big cities and stuff segregating saying if you aren't vaccinated you can't dine indoors or you got to only do carry out or you can't come in at all. Um, gyms, not only restaurants, I've seen gyms, um, fitness centers. 
that won't allow you to work out in their facility if you haven't been vaccinated. Um, bowling alleys. I'm looking at this bowling alley. I've, the screenshots that I've taken, bowling alleys, this nightclub. Uh, this nightclub is um, not allowing you to be a guest in their nightclub if you haven't been vaccinated and you have to show proof of it. Yeah, so we in this 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 time now where you know people getting vaccin getting segregated because of vaccinations as opposed to their race. You know, it's just you know history seems to repeat itself in diff in different ways. <sighs> Take a sip. Oh yeah, so I told you the name of the wine. The wine, like I said, it's a red wine. It's um, it was aged in whiskey barrels. That's that's what's was on the bottle. Um, it's not a sweet red. It's um, but it's not strong. But it has a little, it has a little spice to it, like you know some of the whiskeys do. So, it's pretty good for it to not be a sweet red. It's not overwhelming, so um, it's definitely enjoyable because I've had plenty of red wines that weren't sweet that were just kind of bitter. This one is not bitter. Um, it's smooth, and it has a little spice to it, but not not that bad where it causes a, a bad aftertaste or anything. So I like the wine. It's, it's, it's definitely a good wine to try. And then once again, it's uh, Apoctic Inferno. Continuing with the black of the black. One story that came out um, that I focused on a lot was the, the story about the, excuse me, the Asian man who, excuse me, shot the six-year-old boy because the boy was, I guess, was in his yard. I didn't really look up the story too much. I didn't want to get too attached to it or too invested in it, so I just paid attention to the headlines. But this Asian man, he shot a six-year-old boy. First, he threatened him with a sledgehammer, but then eventually uh, the boy was going to get his bike. I believe his bike was, the bike was in the Asian man's yard. Uh, I guess the black boy didn't move fast enough. And then the Asian man shot him. He shot him in the arm. The boy survived. And when the guy was arrested and he went to court, the judge gave him a $10,000 bond. So he was out on, on bond. <laughs> $10,000 for basically, you know, you can look at it as attempted murder or, you know, first-degree manslaughter. Um and it was a big outcry in the community to the point where um, the judge upped his bond to, like, I believe it was $100,000. And now he's um, – I'm not sure if he's out on bond now, but the last time I checked, once once the judge upped it, she was a white woman. The judge is a white woman. Once she upped his bond because of the, the black community outcry, he he was still in jail. Um, let me see. 
Yeah. Um, he had a $10,000 bond at first. His name is Ryan Lewin, the Asian man. Uh, let me see if I have anything else uh, on that. Yeah, it says the judge revoked his bond and hit him with uh, a 100K bond. But in my eyes, it shouldn't have been no bond, no bond because that was clearly a hate crime. And this is funny because, you know, I've talked about in past episodes about the Asian hate stuff and how that was getting so ramped up, that narrative was being pushed so much. But as soon as an Asian man shoots a black kid, then it's okay. It's not a big deal. You know, he can get out on bond or and stuff. It's just, I mean, the hypocrisy of America. Shout out to Scott with the Unprocessed Knowledge Podcast. I was about to say Unprocessed Un- Unknowledge Podcast. <laughs> but yeah, shout out to Scott with the Unprocessed Knowledge Podcast. Make sure y'all check out um, his new episode. He was talking about critical race theory and... Um, the Tulsa massacre, and for lately that topic has been coming up a lot. Critical race theory. So make sure you know y'all check out that that episode that he did on that, and you'll be able to understand critical race theory more because it seemed like it's a new term that that's been popping up a lot. And I know recently, um, I think it was either today or yesterday, Florida, they um, they banned critical race theory in schools so i'm not going to sit here and explain it to you check out my man scott and you'll get all the explanation you need on that yeah so that was the uh, blackity black woke section i didn't have too much for it i didn't want to get too invested in it but i'm not going to leave it alone because um that's just who i am i I can't just sit and not say nothing. I took a break from it, but it, it won't be for too long. Um, let me take a sip real quick. I'm sitting here looking at that shot, and I'm like, I'm I'm looking at that joint almost with disgust right now. I'm like, am I going to take this second shot or not? <laughs> I've never been a real big shot person. Um, usually when I do shots, it's, it's, it's always been tequila. I've had shots of everything else, but, you know, I try to just stick to the shots with tequila. And it's crazy because I'll drink anything. I I don't I don't have no problem trying any type of alcohol. Excuse me, I had to relight the cigar. I keep letting it sit for too long. Um, yeah, so TV and movies. Uh yesterday I watched the conjuring, the new conjuring that came out. Um, I thought it was pretty good. I watched it on HBO Max. Uh I ended up getting the HBO Max subscription because once I did a little trial period of it. I I was checking it. I was like, damn, it's a lot of shit on here. It's a lot of movies, a lot of stuff on here, and a lot of documentaries. And y'all know how I love my documentaries. So I ended up getting the subscription. So I watched the uh, the new Conjuring. 
I ended up uh a week the week before last I ended up watching all of them. Uh all the conjurings and in the order that they were released, not in the because it's a conjuring universe with the conjuring, the Annabelles, and they got a, like two other uh movies that's that's part of the universe. So yeah, I've seen the the first Conjuring and the first Annabelle before, but I just f- fell off on the stuff because I ain't really into like, because I don't believe there there are scary movies anymore, so I don't really pay attention like that. I think it's I think they're comedy. That's how I look at them. Like when I was watching the Conjuring last night, the new one, I was laughing through most of it because I think so much. I think a lot of the shit is funny, even though like. A few of the stories in the Conjurings and the Annabelles and stuff like that were true stories. I just think I think it's funny. Um, the only movies that I've ever been afraid of that were considered scary movies was the first Nightmare on Elm Street, and I saw that when I was a little kid back in the '80s. That shit scared me. And uh, one movie that freaked me out a little bit it didn't necessarily scare me, but it had me a little freaked out and a little jittery was the um the exorcism of emily rose yeah so but the 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 new conjuring i thought it was pretty good for uh you know for hbo max i'm glad i didn't go to the to the theater for it not to say it was a bad movie but certain movies are theater worthy and some movies are just home worthy and this new conjuring was more so home worthy so I thought that was pretty good. I also uh last night I checked out the movie, the new movie called Awake on Netflix. It was supposed to be like a thriller or something like that. It was pretty good. Um I guess the and not not the bright no, I'm just gonna say it. the the intelligence that I have, certain things just I gotta be stimulated and I gotta be stimulated in a different type of way with certain movies. Although this movie did give me a lot of uh, spiritual references, but overall, like, the this, the way the movie went, the the flow of it just threw me off at times. But the, uh, the whole plot of it or the whole message in it, I found some spiritual references in it. And this new show that I just finished today called Mayor of Easttown. It's on HBO Max. It's an HBO show, original show. Came out this year. Man, that show was good as hell. And what's funny about me watching that show is it's a lot of drama. And it's about a, a, a detective in a small town called Easttown. And she's uh, investigating some murders. And... This town is majority white, like literally majority white. I saw three black people in the whole show and that, that were part of the town. And no, four, four black people. But the rest of them was white. Was a, I think the town was in Boston, if I'm not mistaken, or Massachusetts, somewhere. But the show is definitely good. But what I what I noticed and I never thought about before is how the show is ghetto as hell. It's ghetto and it's messy. In terms of you know how how a black person would see it if it was a black show, and I'm gonna tell you what's funny. What I what I noticed was is that they 
when they do these shows or movies and stuff and these white these majority white shows or white shows period when they have this ghetto messy shit this shit comes off totally different if it if as if 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 it was a a black show like if it was a black show that shit would come off totally raunchy ghetto type shit nasty looking or disgusting but when it's a white show and it's some ghetto ass shit some ghetto messy ass shit that shit comes off so melancholy melancholy <laughs> it just comes off totally different it comes off so so sad it comes off so so you had they it's like they try to try to portray a a vibe of empathy and compassion for the ghetto messy shit that these white people be going through as opposed to if it was some if it was black people going through this and i found that interesting it had me going back thinking about a lot of shows and i'm like white people be having some messy ghetto ass shit going on in these shows which is you know they getting from their lives or stories from their lives but it's portrayed totally different the vibe of it is totally different the the music that that's being played in the shows and movies when the ghetto messy shit happens and stuff the music be so smooth and and sad like and you start feeling sorry for the people and stuff like but when it's a black show it's just totally different but the show is good as hell it's seven episodes uh i finished it today and it's definitely worth watching. Definitely worth watching. It's called Mayor of Easttown. M-A-R-E, Mayor of Easttown. And Mayor, she's the main character. She's the detective. Just a messy getaway show. <laughs> Damn. Moving along. So last week, last week we had the Floyd fight. Last Sunday. I talked about it on the last episode how I was just like, kind of confused you know just like kind of confused about it being on sunday and stuff like that the fight because normally big fights are on saturdays and stuff like that particularly pay-per-view fights and this fight was a pay-per-view fight he was fighting um i'll be getting these bamas confused logan paul jake paul one of those one of those dudes they brothers i think it was logan paul that he was fighting logan paul had a record of zero and one and then the dude that he lost to wasn't even a real boxer. I think he was another, I don't know, youth social media celebrity or something. I don't know who the hell he was that he lost to. But he fought Floyd. We know Floyd is 50-0. Arguably one of the greatest boxers of all time. Um, I watched the fight, and... I didn't I didn't necessarily expect too much from Floyd because he's in his 40s, he's retired. He didn't look like he was in the normal shape that he's been in for fights that he's had previously. But I was expecting him to knock the Bama out. But he didn't knock the Bama out. They did eight rounds. It was an exhibition fight. But I still, you know, enjoyed it. Just, you know, just the the nostalgia of see, seeing Floyd Mayweather in the ring again. But it was just crazy seeing all the people, well, not all, a lot of people on social media clowning Floyd and saying this is a disgrace to boxing and stuff like that. 
And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, y'all are just some straight up haters. For one, this man has been retired for a couple of years. Two, this is an exhibition fight. He's not the first professional boxer to do exhibition fights. Muhammad Ali did exhibition fights. Muhammad Ali is known as the greatest of all time. Self-proclaimed and proclaimed by a lot of sports writers as well as boxing fans. So, and I believe Sugar Ray Robinson have, has done uh, exhibitions before. Plenty of exhibit, uh, pro professional fighters have done exhibition fights before. So I'm just thinking, like, these clowns love to hate on Floyd and just in the age we live in with social media and stuff like that and just they can't help themselves. They just mad because Floyd made a ton of money from this fight. Um, a million people bought the pay-per-view fight. A million people. And it was $50. So that's $50 million right there. 50 million people. Floyd got a portion of the pay-per-view as well as another amount for just doing the fight. Or for ticket sales and stuff like that. So both of them guys made multi-million dollars off of the fight. But it's just crazy how people just love to hate when they in situations that they, you know, when they can't get something that somebody else is doing. If they're in the same profession and stuff like that. Because it was no reason for people to be hating on Floyd for what he's doing. If y'all going to sit there and pay for it, then what's the problem? Like these people should be complaining or complaining to the complaining about the people who actually sat there and paid for the flight, the fight. Floyd is just doing what he gotta do, making money. That's why he's called Money Mayweather. Money May. I mean, shoot, we seen Floyd Mayweather beat Pacquiao, we seen him beat De La Hoya, we seen him beat Mo. Uh, Shane Mosley, we've seen him beat Cotto, we've seen him beat Canelo. Um, he's beat tons of big fighters, you know, despite what people thought, whether he was ducking fights or waited too long to fight people or whatever. Floyd is one of the greatest, regardless. People should not be mad because he fought an exhibition fight and made tens of millions of dollars off of it. Y'all some haters. As <laughs> simple as that. Straight up haters. Let me take a sip before I get into the main topics. I might have to run to the bathroom. This is one of those moments where drinking too much water comes at the wrong time. Let me pause the show for a second and do what I got to do. And I'm back. I'm back. Back from the bathroom break. Um, dang, where was I at? Okay, um, last episode I talked about uh, how June is Men's Health Month. So, excuse me, I'm going to I'm gonna go into a few topics that I have for that. Um, I'm still sitting here looking at this shot. <sighs> Am I going to take this shot or what? One thing I always notice when I watch TV or movies and stuff like that, when the characters in those shows be 
drinking alcohol or taking shots and stuff like that. They 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 just be doing the worst acting when they be doing that. They don't they don't be because nobody sits there and takes a shot, drinks any type of drink or whatever, and just be so just chill about it. Especially a shot. <laughs> And that's one thing that be irritating me about shows and stuff. So this shot, the first shot I took was a uh, some Maker's Mark whiskey. And the second shot that I'm holding in my hand right now is of the same thing. Maker's Mark. And I think I'm going to go ahead and take the shot while I get into this second portion of the the episode. Ah, salute. All right. Second shot has been taken. Man's Health Month. Okay. I'm going to start off uh, with a post that I came across. Um... I found this post on Instagram, and I found it, the page, uh, this person's page, uh, Richard.Taylor Jr. And it says, unpopular facts about men and emotions. And it was a, a thread of it, so I'm going to go through and read the threads. It's pretty short. You don't have to live detached. Men have traditionally been raised to remain detached from emotions and vulnerability. As men, we must understand that we can't find wholeness while being detached. Your feelings don't make you solve. You are human, which means that you aren't exempt from feeling. It is in our DNA, and it's normal. Your quote-unquote man up can lead to a breakdown. When we take the man up approach, we aren't addressing our pains, traumas, and emotions. When we quote-unquote man up, we are actually suppressing our feelings temporarily and making room for them to lead to major issues later on. Let your ego go. You were lied to. Having feelings isn't feminine. You're hurting yourself by keeping that mindset. Even as a man, you deserve to be loved and appreciated. Whether through friendships, romantically, or in family, you need to love you need love to thrive and be healthy. And that's that's very true and powerful. Recap. You are more of a man for acknowledging your feelings and being productive to nurture them for a better overall mental health. And I thought that was a, a beautiful thread for us black men. Um, I wanted to share it. Uh, black man, black man, we got to get ourselves together. And this is not to simp for black women or be on the same page it's about me just focusing on what i've gone through and what i know that other black men go through and how we need to start coming together to heal ourselves and come together to to work through these traumas and stuff that we have and and break these these narratives and these cycles that we've been brought up to believe so 
just remember those things that I've read from that thread. And once again, the uh, that guy's page is on Instagram. His name is, the Instagram name is Jr. I came across a couple of uh, posts and a clip that I'm going to go through that deals with um, this, Um, you know, to encourage black men and also to trigger black men, to call black men out, you know, because I know trigger warning was a lot about the, the the women, black women, but, you know, it's not lost on me, so... (laughs) <laughs> my man uh, G Duck was saying to me the other day. He was like, "I know black women hate you right now, but you know it's not lost on me that you know all of us play roles in in this, and that's when it that's what it all comes down to us being self aware about the role that we play in in this in this this black love, this this black family, this black culture that you know we we're so high on." Uh, advertising, but you know we're not really doing no work, you know, when it when it comes down to it. So let me see where I go, where I'm going from here. Uh, okay, uh, this is a post that I had saved. Um, I had this post saved, and I didn't even I didn't even have it saved for this episode. I just had it saved, period. But I came across it when I was doing the outline. I thought it was relevant to this show. So it was a tweet. Um, This guy, he tweeted, and I found this on Express Yourself Black Man's page on Instagram. Once again, that's Express Yourself Black Man. That's the name of the Instagram page. And it's a page that I follow that has a lot of of good uh, content on it for black men, as well as black women, you know, to share with with uh any black man in your life or you know encourage them and this tweet starts off it says females really have no idea how much men hold back emotionally because we always expect to keep we're we always people got spell check we're always expected to keep shit together niggas be going through it laughing emojis so it's a thread to this so people started commenting on this this uh this guy's tweet. So I'm gonna just read the responses that's part of the thread. A uh, black woman she responded and saying, "I'm starting to realize not everyone has the tools to help you when you open up. It's really best to get professional help. That way you can utilize what you've learned in your everyday life. This still protects you in a in a way as well." And I wholeheartedly agree with with what she said. Um, Just in general, black man, black woman, period. We can't expect our significant others, our friends, our family to actually um, know how to deal with with, uh, us when we open up, period, you know. Because a lot of people are going through their own stuff to the point where they aren't even aware of what they're going to going through. They're projecting things onto you. So, and even if you you're open to them, they may see it as an attack on themselves and stuff like that. If they aren't working on themselves, so we have to. This is and this is what kills me about 
black men and going to therapy and stuff, we can't always look at it as we can just speak it to our fellas or speak it to the woman that we're dealing with or whoever's in our circle, family-wise and stuff like that. It's best to do it with a professional majority of the time because they are specialized into knowing how to give you the right tools to work your situations out, your traumas out to help you heal and stuff like that. And then at times we have to be aware of not dumping all of our stuff on people when they're going through stuff, you know? Um, I'll get into that further, so let me move on. Another response was, this is from a black woman. She said, that's on you, not females. Use your words. Learn how to communicate. Read books on emotions. Learn how to be better. If someone expects you to hold in your emotions, man or woman, then you need to address that with them. You don't need someone's permission to communicate. And I'll just leave that there. <laughs> I mean, if you can't see the the red flags in, in her response, then I don't know what to tell you. Here's another response. Um, this is from a black dude. Women been begging to listen to our issues in our lives. Thing is, they probably want to hear that shit once, maybe twice, and want us to go back to being quiet. Let's be real. So you can kind of see that this black dude has maybe tried to be open with a black woman and it didn't work out for him the way that he wanted to. You know, so it's easy for me to say, to sit here and say, you know, keep being open, you know, to people that you're having a relationship with, you know, platonic, romantic, otherwise. But me just understanding life and the things that I've been through, sometimes you can feel jaded when you've been open to somebody and you feel rejected. Or even if you have that rejected mindset where you've been rejected or you feel that you've been rejected all of your life and if you don't get a response that you actually want that you feel that that person is rejecting you but they may that may not be their intent so you know another response is from a black male but once we open up most women invalidate our feelings which makes it hard to say anything and make it seem like the guy is the problem when y'all know for a fact y'all don't want for guys to do the same to you, which is kind of hypocritical in itself. And I can feel him, you know. Um, like I said, uh, some some people, sorry about that. Some people don't have the, some people don't have it together in themselves enough or are self-aware enough to, to handle you being open with them. And, and and the person being open has to recognize that you know you have to take in account that this, is this the person that is this a person that I I have a safe space with and I'm able to open up with them you know and you'll figure that out based off of your interactions with them and even the moment when you're open with them so it can be difficult um I've been going to therapy for years and I've had hit and misses you know I've had therapists that was on some other type of shit, and I was just like, nah, this ain't it right here. This not, is this not a safe space for me. So, you know, we're all human, so just 
and this just goes for, you know, if you're dealing with a professional, you know, some professionals got their own shit going on. So they and it just might not be the the perfect space for you, the perfect relationship for you, because anytime you're dealing with a person, whether it be with a professional, platonic relationship, romantic relationship, those are all relationships. Everything is about relationships. Your relationship with yourself, relationship with God, if you into spirituality, religion, whatever, you know, everything is about a relationship. So it's about, you know, is that relationship good for you? Here's another. Um, and this this response is actually a response to the one that I just read. Other men invalidate y'all more if we're being honest. Y'all don't want to be seen in a different light than strong just because your boys can't see you in that light. You internalize it. Toxic. Here's another response. So many men say when they open up to a woman, it is a terrible experience. It's already hard for a man to be emotionally vulnerable because men do not want to be perceived as weak. So when one woman hurts them during a time of vulnerability, they lock themselves off. And I've already touched on that. I mean, that's that's real. I think this is another response. I think a big part of it is validating yourself. In some ways, you have to be comfortable with introspection enough to recognize the core of your feelings to communicate them clearly. No matter what, people just be writing. No matter what, how you feel. <laughs> this is, I'm reading exactly what they wrote. No matter what, how you feel is valid, regardless if a man or woman agrees. And if that person invalidates you and or it becomes a pattern, you have to find the strength in yourself to get that respect the way you deserve or leave. They don't deserve your presence and honesty in that case. And I agree with that. If I've already touched on that. If if a person isn't self-aware, isn't able to handle stuff going on with themselves, then you can't expect them to, you know, handle what you dumping on them, so to speak. You know, I don't want to keep using that term dumping, but that's how a lot of people say if you keep bringing stuff to them, particularly if you're a man. And this is this is just based off experience. If you're a man and you bring in a situation to uh, a woman that you're dealing with, uh, whether it's a friendship or a relationship, you might come across somebody who sees it that you keep dumping that stuff on them. And they they looking at it that way because of the narrative that's been pushed out there for years about you know men men having to be strong and if they being too emotional or sensitive and stuff like that then they're weak another response i don't know what man needs to hear this but if you take any female serious and she makes you feel like you have to hold back your emotions and what you go through please get a new one your partner is supposed to be the top choice to speak about your issues i agree with that Another response. We going to be switching through. This response was a response to what I just read. We going to be switching through women like crazy if we just get a new one. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> and this this and that was from a black guy responding to a black woman. Okay, uh here's another response. I can't tell if this is a woman or a man. I think this is a black yeah, this is a black woman. How are we supposed to help you if you don't let us in? Some women want to be there genuinely without judgment, but how if you don't meet us halfway? And I agree with that. It's, a, it's, it's definitely black women out here that definitely want to be there for black men. Um, 
I think in a good way they do and also in a bad way. And that bad way being them trying to be the superhero, the superwoman. And that can be a bad thing for the woman. And in turn, it becoming a bad thing for the man, uh, the black man. So that was the that was the post. That was the thread. And I found this on Express Yourself Black Man on Instagram. It's a real good page. Real good page. Um, let me move on to the next post that I found that I thought was very interesting. Um, this one is a tweet I came across and it says a lot of men seek women just for the validation of other men. It's called homeosociality. It's used to show dominance in certain male social groups. And I thought that tweet was interesting because of the term that was was brought up in it, homosociality. So I looked the term up and once I looked the term up, I disagree with with what he said, with what this guy, this is a black dude, he said homosociality is used to show dominance in certain male social groups. And that is definitely not what homosociality is. And I'm not trying to be funny, but this dude must be, he's either, he either simps for women or he's, um, or he has some issues with, with, with other black men. Because, Homosociality, the term is used a lot, and this is all for stuff that I've read, the research that I've done. Homosociality is used a lot by feminists. So, let's start with the beginning of the tweet when it says a lot of men seek women just for the validation of men. I do agree with that. Definitely agree with that because I've seen it plenty of times before. I've been around. I've had friendships with guys who, who, who be so pressed to show off the woman that they're dating or they're sleeping with or talking to or whatever, just to impress other guys. That happens that happens a lot. It really does. And it I think it has something to do a lot with um males 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 in particular um being focused on um excuse me, I'm so sorry. Males being in competition. Excuse me unconsciously and consciously with other males. I think because uh, a lot of the narrative that's been pushed for a long time of, you know, us not being in touch with our emotions and our feelings and and stuff, that we're so attached to the outside world uh, when it comes to flaunting, flaunting, flaunting things, whether it be material things, money, cars, uh, jewelry, clothes, shoes, you know, stuff like that, and women. Um, when a lot of men are detached from 
eternal, what's going on inside of them, um, spiritually, emotionally, physically, they, instead of eternal, internalizing it, they, they externalize it. Um, and they seek validation based off of, you know, material things. So I definitely agree with that. But let me move to the definition of homosociality. And this is coming from Wikipedia. In sociology, homosociality means same-sex relationships that are not of a romantic or sexual nature, such as friendship, mentorship, or others. Researchers who use the concept mainly do so to explain how men uphold men's dominance in society. Okay, so, yeah, I misspoke. So he was right to a degree when he said it's used to show dominance in certain male social groups. So, yeah, it, do, it, it does make sense. So I, I, miss, I misspoke on that. So that was my bad. It says, homosocial was popular, popularized by Eve Sedgwick in her discussion of male homosocial desire. Sedgwick used the term to distinguish from homosexual and to connotate, no, I'm sorry, and to connote a form of male bonding often accompanied by fear or hatred of homosexuality. I don't know nothing all about that, you know. When I when I did my research on homosexual homosexuality, I just kept thinking bromance, 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 bromance. That's what I looked at it as. Even outside of doing my research on outside of Wikipedia, just reading certain articles and stuff like that, homosexuality is pretty is is basically what society um considers bromance and we know what bromance is um when guys are so deep in their friendship and it, it you hear it particularly used a lot by women um uh women it seems it, in my experience uh women seem to get jealous of their their guys whoever they're dating whatever guy they're dating they get jealous of their friend, the friendship that their their significant other has with their friends or their best friend and stuff like that. So they call it a bromance. It's, it's, people joke about it. Like this is something that's <laughs> that's joked about all the time. Bromance. You got a bromance. You got a bromance. You know. <laughs> so that's how I, I took the term homosociality from my perspective, and this is how I perceived it. Like, homosociality is basically a bromance. But like I said, all of the research that I've done, the reading and stuff, when I was looking the term up, because it was a term that was new to me, homosociality. And like I, like I read to you, it was invented by a woman. And I'm sure it was a white woman. And like I already said, a lot of feminists use this term because they feel as though when men get together that they using it to dominate over society or dominate over women. 
I ain't got nothing to do with that. Black men don't have nothing to do. At least the black men I know don't have nothing to do with that. Because the majority of the black men I know don't have no power in society to move things, to, to push to push women into the feminism movement. You know, I've talked about this plenty of times before, how it frustrates me when black uh, black women are part of the feminist movement, but they're being used by white women that started the feminist movement, but don't give them don't give black women the same support. So, bromance, bromance, bromance. <laughs> just based off of my experience uh, personally, and just seeing other guys that I know uh, deal with uh, the the shame of having a quote-unquote bromance. I mean, ladies, y'all got to be honest. Y'all sitting here listening to me right now, y'all know there's been plenty of times that y'all have gotten pissed off because y'all y'all significant other, y'all boyfriend, y'all husband, fiance, whatever label y'all want to use, hanging out with his boys. If he's giving his boys more attention than he's giving you such and such. And and I'm not sitting here saying that that ain't the case because it's definitely, you know, situations and possibilities where the dude is giving his his boys or hanging out with his boys more than he has been with you. I know that happens. I definitely know it happens because I've done it in the past. But all this shit ties into each other. Like, it's never no no topic that I bring up in the episode that don't tie up with each other. This shit ties up with each other. So since we're using the term bromance, and that's what we're familiar with, and it, it, it resonates. Those bromances are safe spaces for us. Y'all know, just based off of the trigger warning episodes, uh, all part four, all four parts of them, that it's difficult for black men to find safe spaces. Uh, in society, particularly, you know, when it comes to being comfortable with ourselves, being confident, uh, not necessarily dealing with any quote-unquote drama, arguing and stuff like that. Those bromances are safe spaces for us. Those are times where we can just be free. We can let our head down. We, ain't ha- we don't have to worry about the bullshit we going through at work. We don't have to worry about when we go out on the street worrying about somebody trying to kill us. We don't have to worry about arguing. We can just be, we essentially, we can be a man in those situations. So those bromances are safe spaces for us. So just getting the flack, getting the shame, the, having the stigma around, having a quote-unquote bromance It's just more shit that we got to deal with that we don't want to deal with. (laughs) Um, A lot of times you will have women thinking that, you know, not saying that it doesn't happen, but majority of the time in my experience, when guys are hanging with their boys and when they're having their bromance moments, (laughs) um, they just chilling. We chilling, doing doing nothing, watching the game. We can't even... Like I last episode, I talked about how you don't see a lot of dudes going on trips together because we can't get we can't even plan the trip. We can't plan a trip together. We can't even plan uh, majority of the time where we gonna eat at, <laughs> what house we gonna hang out at. <laughs> 
like majority of times when we're having our bromance moments, we are not thinking about women. This is like the the definition of the he man's woman haters club. We are not thinking about y'all. We are we are happy to have shit. Y'all talk about y'all waiting to exhale. We've been waiting to exhale to have our to hang with our boys. <laughs> Seriously. That's our exhale moment. When we get to be free and hang with our boys without being yelled at, criticized, judged, threat of death, <laughs> any, you know what I'm saying? That is our safe spaces. I can say it over and over again. I mean, <laughs> that's that's the that's the truth. Those are our safe spaces. Those bromance moments, those are our safe spaces. As far as the validation part, yeah, that is that is a real thing. Like just even the surface part of, of, of what I read was about the, you know, guys seeking validation from other guys by the by the women that they date. Yeah, that's surface level shit. That is really surface level. It goes way deeper than that. And this next clip I'm going to play shows you how deeper it is. Let me pull it up. Um, For those that follow my story, I talk about suicide. Like, I'm a two-time suicide a survivor attempt. And so when I started going to therapy after my second attempt, and the, the therapy started to really address the issue behind the depression because I feel like depression is a symptom to a greater root issue. And the root issue was really stemming from abandonment. And the depression was brought on trying to be accepted mm -hmm. because for most black boys in sports, coaches are fathers. Mm. So when football was over, I'm looking for another father. Mm. I'm looking for some more validation. And this is why it's hard for guys to transition out of sports because they identify themselves through what they do. And what I had to learn was it was what I did, but it wasn't who I was. But that takes a, a, a deeper level of healing and really addressing fatherhood issues and dadhood issues and understanding that the validation that most men, all of us, let's just be, let's be real. I don't care what level of success it's just something about having a dad there because I feel like a mother determines what a child remembers, but a dad determines what a child believes. That's right. So when dad put his stamp on it, man, it's like you can do it and be whatever you want. But even when you look at men who have become successful, the constant need for validation is that I have all of this, but I still haven't been approved by dad. Mm. How how did you get the validation that you were seeking from your father? How did you, I guess, you know, fix that wound in yourself? I didn't. Man. Um, I didn't get it. Do we ever? Man. Well, answer so, the first question first. Did, you didn't get it. Did it? I, I, I didn't get it because um, I felt like I've never, my father has never had the conversation with me that I wanted him to have. And I said this to uh, one of the young guys I mentor, and I said, man, I've had to accept that I would love to have it, but I can't wait for it. And that's when I like I said to myself, I have to keep healing. And I think the validation for me 
um, now is being able to look at other brothers and and speaking to the king in them and being able to build them. That uh, brings a great validation. And I would say the word that I would use, it brings great fulfillment. Because now at this point, I, I think that as you continue to grow and evolve as a man, not only does your perspective shift, but your view on life shifts. And so my view is now is who are you building rather than what you are building? Because it's great to build things, and I think men should always work to build things, but who are you building? And um, I think to be able to hand a baton to another young man and to talk to him about emotional intelligence and to be able to encourage him, like, listen, man, I want you to get to a place where you can respond versus react. Everybody has anger, but I want you to manage that. I think even when we look at these artists, I think – you know, we, we give these young kids a bunch of money mm -hmm. because they got a hit and they song is popping. But I think these kids need mental health coaches. They yes, need sir. more than just a tour manager because here's what is happening. They're processing through their pen. Right. They're processing through their pen and their pen is broken. Definitely one. Man, that was a that was a powerful ass clip. And it was sent to me by one of the, the listeners. Shout out to them and I'm gonna go a little uh, further from what he said and this is just based off of my experience like uh, everybody needs both their, their parents in their lives for some form of validation like um, particularly me um, I used I usually I used to get frustrated a lot because I didn't have the emotional um, presence from my mother or or my father in my life. So physically, they both were there, They're married, still in the house and everything, but I didn't have that mo emotional presence from them. So I've talked about it plenty of times before about how I didn't get affection and, and the lovey-dovey stuff from my mom so I used to seek validation a lot from women based off of that and me not being in touch with my feelings and emotions because of that and me working through that through therapy and stuff like that and then on the other side I have you know my father he wasn't emotionally present and dealing with the lack of discipline at times, the lack of confidence and stuff like that. So those are the two sides of it. Um, I agree wholeheartedly with everything that was said in, in that clip. That clip was from The Breakfast Club. I forgot who the guy was who was speaking, but he was a former uh, uh, football player. But like I said, that seeking validation based off of a woman or material things, that's surface shit. It's deeper than that. I remember uh, just going back thinking like uh, when I was in the, when I was going to church with my brother when I was younger and we had the men's group and stuff like that and I was seeking a lot of uh, male validation and stuff. And when I was in church, uh, we had the men's group and stuff like that we used to do things, activities and stuff. That was so great for me. Like, I love that shit. Like, you know, 
I couldn't wait to get to church to be around those men in church or whatever because of the things that I was learning from them, the things that they were saying to me, teaching me and stuff like that. But eventually that fell off because the church, certain things happened in the church where that stuff died down. So I was by myself again. I didn't have the guidance. I didn't have the guidance and the emotional support from my dad. I didn't have it from the church. So, and around that time, that's when my depression started. When I started going to high school, like from me going to therapy, it was pinpointed that I started dealing with depression when I was uh, 13 years old, freshman in high school. 13 going on 14, uh, I started dealing with depression in high school lacked confidence and lack discipline and stuff like that. So in turn, I'm just growing and it's just picking up habits and stuff like that. And so, you know, start picking up anxiety, stuff like that, social anxiety, because I was just going down a deeper rabbit hole, building up bad habits and stuff like that based off of this depression and this anxiety. I'm just getting to the point now from the time I turned uh, 30 where I started working towards building new habits, learning new things, you know, healing and stuff like that. So I went basically from 13 to 30 with depression and anxiety, bad picking up bad habits and stuff like that because I didn't have, you know, because I didn't have emotional support or presence from my mom or my dad. And it's not to sit here, you know, I always say this, it's not to blame them or anything because these are cycles. We all have these cycles in our family somewhere. But now as an as an adult, I got to fix this shit myself, you know? So, like I said, this the surface stuff with the Men seeking validation from other guys based off of material stuff, is that's heavy. That's definitely a thing. And it's still strong. It's a strong presence today. And you see it in with the with the r- celebrities, rappers, and all that other stuff. That's what they that's the thing. I gotta one up you. It's crazy because it's like you think about rappers. R- rappers will get on a song together. And they will all sit there and say, I'm the I'm the best. I'm the greatest rapper on that same song. <laughs> and it's fine if you think that, but it's like, you know, that everybody is trying to one up each other. And that's how I always say, black men, we are we are too consumed with competing with each other, trying to one up with each other and stuff like that. So a lot of times, even when we in our quote unquote safe spaces, it's a lot of passive aggression going on in those spaces. So we may be enjoying the moment, but when we come back and we reflect, we start thinking about things. Oh, this Bama did this. This Bama did this. Why is he acting like this? You know, stuff like that. It's a lot of passive aggressiveness going on because a lot of times when we are in these bromance moments, when we having these bromance moments, Ain't no feelings or anything being talked about. We're just happy to have a free moment where we can not worry about 
relationship stuff or not worry about being killed or not worry about the police or worry about a job or worry about taking care of a family or how much we make and stuff like that. So it's like we're not moving along at all if we're not if we're not actually sitting there doing it ourselves. I I got the I I still have the things that I need to heal from. I still have the quote unquote issues or the struggles or whatever. But I'm still going to therapy. I still, you know, read my books. I still do my meditation. I still pray. I still, you know. But it's a lot of guys that don't do that. So I can imagine what they're going through because I was there once with just sitting around, just thinking or being, having destructive habits, um, having, dealing with substance abuse, dealing with sexual abuse, dealing with beating yourself, self-abuse. You know, it's so much stuff out there that doesn't get talked about with what, what guys go through, particularly black men. And this focus is always on black men. Because we are never in any type of positions of power. And I'm going to play this clip. I played it before, but it's, I feel it's still relevant to what's being talked about today. Play this clip. We have a man who everybody hates. <clears throat> we hate him. His mama hates him. His family hates him. The white police hate him. The regular white men and white women hate him. This is a man who is hated by everyone. The only solace that God made for him was us. And when he comes to us and can't get any sanctuary at all, then he don't have no life. And th then they win because what they want to do is to destroy him and make us think that we are better than him so that we will help the enemy destroy our own man that God gave to us. We have the best man on earth. Everybody wanted. He looked better than everybody. He's stronger than everybody. He is the best, the wisest, and the most beautiful. Now, of course, many of our men have been tricked by the enemy, too. But since we are the mothers. Yeah, I played that clip before. That's uh, Shahrazad Ali. And, I mean, it's a lot of black guys out here that aren't self-aware, and they don't even know that they're struggling. They don't. They just program with what's with with the narratives that's being out there. So they're going along, trying to be flashy, trying to get the material, excuse me, material things, trying to get the women, dealing with substance abuse, trying to sex sex their their way through life, their feelings and stuff like that. <clears throat> excuse me. They just don't know. But it's not enough safe spaces out there for a lot of black men to become self-aware because we're always criticized, we're always judged. And then just like in the past year or so with the new term that's coming out, toxic masculinity, that, to that term toxic masculinity has been forever pushed, has been forever pushed on Black men. There's a lot of black men out here that don't know how to process their emotions. 
We're told not to cry, not to have no feelings, not to speak on anything that has to do with feelings. So we suppress everything. That's why we're so angry. That's why we we out here drinking ourselves to death, smoking weed to death, jumping from woman to woman because we have no safe spaces. Anytime, basically what the term max, max, toxic masculinity is, is us being, it's pretty much how I see it. This is just my perception. Trying to express any type of emotional feeling, that's toxic. So that's the toxic masculinity. And you see, and it's interesting because it's it's kind of like a tug of war has been going on in the past couple of months. And I've mentioned this before, how a lot of you see a lot of guys just coming out of the woodworks, just speaking up. You got Kwame Brown and stuff like that. A lot of guys is is it's like to the point where a lot of guys are getting getting tired. They're getting they're done with it. They're just done. It's like I'm just going to say what I got to say and it's just going to be what it is. And what that is basically showing you is, is that you think about most situations um, when you're trying to control something so much or just any type of nature. uh, You keep trying to keep these weeds away in your yard or whatever. Eventually those weeds, you keep spraying that weed killer, weed killer, the weeds eventually going to come back up. You know, this it's natural. You have to have this. This it can't just be one way all the time. It can't. The progression of things is natural. The progression of masculine energy is natural. The progression of feminine energy is natural. These are natural progressions of life. But you have so much fear going on. You have so much fear on the feminine side. You have a lot of women suppressing their feminine energy and bringing up their masculine energy because they're fearing of what what's going to happen to them or what's going to be done to them if they're going to be heartbroken or if, if the man's not going to be able to take care of this and take care of that there's no no natural progression really going on in these situations We talk a lot about, you know, uh, women having daddy issues, but men have daddy issues, too. Men have mommy issues, just like women have mommy issues. It can't be so one sided where we look at it as though everything is the man's problem, that the man is the only one who is damaged or the man is the only one who is dealing with something. Women, y'all deal with stuff too. Y'all have trauma. Y'all have y'all have damaging moments. But y'all should have enough empathy for another man, another human being. Just don't even look at him as a man because it seems like it's it's a thing as with you know if it's a man, then it's an issue because of the narrative that was pushed to you by somebody else or or by society. Period. 
if you're feeling it, if you've gone through it, majority of the time a man is feeling it or has gone through it. We come from the same structures. We both have parents. Some of the parents may have been at home. Some of the parents may not. If they were in the home, they may not have been present emotionally or or physically all the time. Shoot, they may not have been in the home, but they was present physically and emotionally. But it's still affecting. You know, it's just something. It's, it's always something. We're always dealing with with something. The assumption can't be that. It's, it's only men that has to get themselves together. Or it's men that's just damaged. Just like women deal with abandonment issues, men deal with abandonment issues. It's, we all going through the same thing, but we just have different perspectives and perceptions of it. All of us. All of us. I understand that women get fed up. Men get fed up too. But we aren't allowed to show that. <laughs> Let me lighten it up a little bit. Let me play this clip. Bros before hoes. Why? Because your bros are always there for you. They've got your back after your hoe rips your heart out for no good reason. <laughs> and you were nothing but great to your hoe. And you told her that she was the only hoe for you and that she was better than all the other hoes in the world. And then, then suddenly she's not your hoe, no mo. <laughs> that was uh, Michael Scott from <laughs> The Office. I had that clip ready because I knew I was going to have to lighten the mood. And it's just all about, you know, at some point we have to come together. Um, it's not a competition of whose situation is worse or anything like that. We all deal with something, you know. But it's more beautiful. It's more fulfilling to work together than it is to fight. I mean, just think about it. Don't that fighting stress y'all out? It stresses me out when I when I feel frustrated from certain things that I may not be getting or certain things that I've spoken in the past that still don't seem to get, you know. We all understand the assignment. Like, that term gets thrown around a lot. We all understand the assignment, but it's just like we're not doing the work. Well, maybe, I mean, honestly, shit, maybe a lot of people don't understand the assignment, and that's why the work ain't been getting done. I mean, shit, real talk. <laughs> real talk, it's not. But I just have to say that, you know, uh, fellas, I'm with y'all. I understand what y'all going through. I still go through it. I mean, I'm working towards not, you know, to progress from it, to be stronger with it, because it, it'll situations will never go away but it's just about progression and you know evolving from it so i understand and i'm with y'all um it doesn't need to be a competition um focus on building yourself up and then you know 
I believe the dominoes will fall for themselves. You know, uh, if that if you're building yourself up and that woman isn't right for you, the healed you, the the growth in you, the evolved you, then it, it, the domino will fall, and vice versa for the women as well. You know, this this ain't this ain't nothing that's you know a singular thing. This is this isn't a singular thing. Um, Feelings and emotions are just what they are. Feelings and emotions. They they aren't exclusive to not one one person or one gender, you know, or one uh lifestyle or one um path, life path, you know. As I said on the last episode, is is two choices we we have to make every day, love and fear. And under those two choices, it's an umbrella of things that go on. Uh, I'm going to end this episode with some affirmations that uh, I found on that page I told you about on Instagram, Express Yourself Black Man. And these affirmations, they can be for women, but they were, they were specifically spoke uh, posted for black men. So I'm just going to read them off. And say these out loud. You can, you can look in, in the mirror and say them. But say them. The first affirmation is, my inner child is loved, validated, and safe at all times. Second one. I embrace success. The words I can't are not in my vocabulary. I am the only person who can stop me. Number three. I release my need to impress others. I have nothing to prove. I accept myself the way I am. Number four, I am handsome. I accept myself unconditionally. Five, I love myself. Six, I am doing the best I can with the tools I have. No one's opinion of me matters except my own. Seven, I teach others to believe in me by believing in myself. Eight, I am human. I am allowed to make mistakes. Nine, being who I truly am is my divine right. Ten, I act for my future, not because of my past. Eleven, I am free to create my own reality I have choices in all situations. Nothing stands between me and my highest good. Twelve, I am calm in the face of conflict. I brush annoyances off easily. I agree to disagree. Those are the 12 affirmations. And once again, fellas, that page on Instagram is express yourself black man. And ladies, if you uh, have a black man to share that page with, share it with him. Express yourself, black man. It's a lot of good uh, tools on that page, a lot of good posts. So, um, yeah, I appreciate everybody for sitting down, riding in your car, on your lunch break, cleaning your house, whatever you're doing. I appreciate y'all listening. Catch me on Spotify, Google Play. Um, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, uh, Amazon Music, um, 
Yeah, the link is in the bio of Taste to Consider podcast. It's in the bio of a Taste to Consider on Instagram. It's in the bio of greatest.i.am.blog. It's in the bios. <laughs> um, and once again, the UNU Network link is is linked in, in that same link tree. So don't forget about the fellas. Um, yeah, I feel great about this episode. Damn, I feel like I got something out of the episode myself. Shit, I feel I'm feeling a little lighter. I'm feeling like I released something. And that's shoot, that's probably what I, you know, this this eclipse energy going on. We had the lunar eclipse a couple of weeks ago in uh what was it? Uh June tenth, uh Thursday, Friday, we had the uh solar eclipse. So a lot of things are starting to uh, you know, feel a little better uh, as opposed to when the lunar eclipse happened. But we're still in the the Mercury retrograde. The Mercury retrograde, I believe, is over June 26th. And then we have like a week and a half, two-week period of the post-shadow phase. But, you know, we'll get through it like we get through all of them. Just, you know, believe everything is for your highest good. (sighs) I'm feeling good. You know, I always end the uh, episode off with a song. So I had a certain song in place. Let me see if I can find it. I had it up here, but now it went missing. Oh, here you go, right here. This song is uh from the best the best man movie soundtrack, and they just kept popping in my head when I was thinking about the show uh, and when I was doing the outline. So. Uh, follow, like, share. If you want to donate to the podcast, you can cash app uh, dollar sign rip eighty one, and even better, you can go to a taste to consider dot com and order a therapy and heel shirt. I have them for men and women. I haven't released the new designs yet. Uh, I I was waiting until my energy was right, until I had the energy to actually promote it because I didn't want to release anything and I didn't have no energy to promote it. So it will be coming soon. So, and just pray for me that this damn air condition gets installed Tuesday. I love y'all, man. And I'm out. Yeah. This is for my brothers in the hood and the high rises. On the mansions with the maids. We gotta come together, y'all. Come on. See how that song go with the episode? See how God be working? It ain't no me, it's, it's God to be putting this stuff together. <laughs> Stay sick and sit a podcast. And I'm just thinking, uh, 
thing that I forgot to mention. A lot of times when, you know, uh, guys want to hang out with their boys a lot and stuff like that, it's because they didn't have that connection with their dad or if they had brothers. Even if they didn't have brothers or anything, they need that masculine energy. They need to connect to that masculine energy if they never connected to it before. And that's something that, that has to be remembered. Um, you think about uh, women, you know, you have your mother. You have that energy going on, uh, whether good or bad, anything that she's teaching you. You know, a lot of times, I mean, it's, it's sad to say this, but in, in the black community, whether it was their choice or not, the black man's choice or not, he wasn't, he may not have been in their son's life or whatever. And we need that, that energy. We need to connect to that masculine energy. And just the example that I brought up about you know uh being in the church and you know i had that men's group and stuff like that i needed to connect to that energy that energy actually you know connecting with that men's group and the men in in the church and stuff that actually gave me a found a foundation it wasn't the foundation that i needed but it gave me some sort of foundation just to point that out back to the song say stick and sit apart okay Say stick and sit a podcast. Say stick and sit a podcast. I'm your host. Dirk Silver, the taste of a taste to consider podcast. On Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon Music. The links are in the bio. Make sure you share the podcast. I mean, just share the podcast, man. You know what I'm saying? I know some people are afraid to share stuff when a person ain't ain't quote-unquote popping or whatever but it was a post that i posted recently it says support your people and stop waiting to see if they're going to make it first i already made it because i started the podcast and i'm continuing to do it so like share share the damn podcast seriously it's okay nobody gonna judge you for sharing the podcast (laughs) no seriously it is what it is, you know, you sure, nah, I'm still going to keep doing it. I'm still going to be in your face. Taste to consider podcast. Taste 
taste sick and said a podcast. We ain't got time for all these damn ad libs. The song is over, so the podcast is over. A taste sick and said a podcast. Let's go.